Hi, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and Living Local, and brought to you by Bank ESB. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and here is your host for this episode of Business Talk. He's the editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here's George O'Brien. Okay, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Business Talk, podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. We have a great show for you today. I can't wait to get going, but we will wait just a minute uh, and hear a message from this month's sponsor, Bank ESB. Bank ESB is here for local business. As a local bank, we provide everything you need to thrive around here, including personalized guidance and business products like free checking and cash management services. Unlock your potential and learn more at bankesb.com slash business. Member FDIC DIF. Okay, we are back at Business Talk, podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West. We are talking with Rick Sullivan. He is the president and CEO of the Economic Development Council of Western Mass. How are you today, Rick? I'm great, George. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Uh, we have you on fairly regularly now. We, we know that that's a good thing to do. Uh, we can talk to you about a number of different things that are going on. And today we have a long list of things that we can talk about. I don't even know where to begin. We've got uh, data centers in Westfield. We've got workforce crises. We all kinds of things. Let's start by just talking about the general state of our economy here in Western Mass. We've been battling this pandemic for 18, 19 months now. We, we're seeing some signs of progress. Now we've got a, a fourth wave uh, that is certainly impacting different sectors of the economy. What, what's your read on where we are right now? So, I mean, I think everybody is cautiously optimistic, but I do think that, you know, everybody can do their part, whether it's business owners or, um, you know, individual um, citizens, certainly your listeners, you know, I mean, getting vaccinated, wearing masks right now um, is really, you know, necessary. And certainly, um, you know, if, uh, if, if you have the, um, if you have to have gatherings, you know, you really should be practicing your social distancing skills. You know, we had Mark Carey. Kerouac and, and um, Mercy and, and actually uh, Bulkley Richardson um, on a on a podcast uh, not too long ago, um, about a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, there's, you know, real concerns in terms of the uptick in the number of COVID cases, uh, Hamden County in particular, but um, Hamden, Hampshire um, counties, you know, are lagging behind the state in terms of vaccination rates. And um, they are seeing the majority of the hospitalizations and the more serious cases here. So, you know, there's a real a real plea by the healthcare professionals who are really being burdened and, and stressed to the max at their facilities um, to you know get get vaccinated and and be wearing the masks. Mm-hmm. What are your members telling you? What are what are their concerns? What's that old line? What's what's keeping them up at night? I don't. You know, I mean, I think you kind of in the intro, you really hit the biggest issue is is really finding people um, to fill the jobs they they have. Um, and, you know, certainly there's been a number of different initiatives, uh, you know, Dave Cruz and everybody over at Mass Hire, um, you know, has done, um, you know, job fairs, they've done them in person, they've done them virtually. Uh, the EDC partnered with the Convention Visitors Bureau and did a jobs trail over the last two weeks, um, which then provided the opportunity for people people to actually go to the facility where they'd be working, be interviewed on the spot, and hopefully um, have job offers. Um, But no matter which sector you're talking, so whether you're talking hospitality or restaurants or or manufacturing, um, everybody is hiring right 
now. Everybody has vacancies um, and, you know, being able to get everybody, um, you know, back to work. Um, and it isn't as easy as just saying, okay, I'm going to go back to work because you still have, um, you know, daycare issues. You have issues where the schools are, you know, some are still doing remote. Um, so you have that whole, um, you know, as, as parents, you have daycare, um, you know, barriers you need to be able to get over, transportation barriers that you need to be able to get over. So it isn't quite as simple as just flipping a switch and saying, okay, the economy's back open, the jobs here, come on back to work. There's still, there's still some work to do to be able to get people, um, you know, back to work. So I think we need to be addressing those, those barriers, um, as well. So, I mean, I think everybody is cautiously optimistic, um, but, you know, we've still got some work to do. Is it too early to know if uh, the end of the federal employment benefits, the, the bonus check is yep. going to make a difference when it comes to this workforce crisis? It, I know there was a great deal of anticipation. And we've talked about this on other shows. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone was, was penciling early September as the time when, you know, those benefits would end. And of course, you know, now things are going to start to go back to normal. But I think as we've all seen, normal is a moving target. Right. So it's probably a little early to tell exactly um, if if there was any kind of big influx of, of workers returning after the benefit change. If you look across the country, because, you know, we were not, Massachusetts was not the first state to have the, the bonus um, eliminated. There has not been a huge rush back into the workplace. Um, so, you know, the, the benefit in and of itself wasn't the only reason. I'm sure it's part of the equation. Um, but I still think that you still have those, um, you know, families still have those issues in terms of what what is the school day looking like? Is it in person? Is it remote? You know, what are those daycare issues? There's, there's other things other than just the bonus. But, you know, that is why we timed the uh, uh, with the Convention of Visitors Bureau, why we we timed the job fair, the jobs trail event around the beginning of September was just because of that. So, you know, I guess it, I guess it's a little bit wait and see, but um, you know, the reports are that, you know, there's been some uptick in hiring um, in, in some of the sectors, you know, the employers have also gotten a lot more creative. I mean, they're, they're offering higher pay, they're offering sign-on bonuses, they're providing other benefits in terms of, you know, Spotify accounts or other things that are, that are there to, to have people come in and, and back to work. So, you know, I think it's just a combination of, of everything and, you know, people, employers need to be innovative as well. And I think you're, I think you are seeing it, but I think it's probably a little too early to just say, you know, the benefit, you know, expired and therefore everybody just came back to work because that, that may not be the case. Well, that's what we're hearing from other people as well. It's going to take some time to figure that out. Uh, speaking of benefits, and, and I, this is a kind of a different topic, but I did want to get your thought on it. Uh, cities and towns in this region were getting uh, a number of funds from the federal government uh, in the wake of the pandemic. Uh, uh, talk about your proverbial good problem to have. Uh, cities like Springfield, some of these other communities uh, have a lot of money that they're they're looking to allocate in different ways. Uh, what are you hearing from those cities about how they're using that money and how it might change things in this area in yeah. terms of it quality so, of life and all those good things? You know, so there's a there's a couple of different buckets of where the the money can be spent on the the federal governments. Um, you know, who have given the you know the mayors you know or the you know the leaders in the towns um, you know quite a bit of flexibility in terms of how they decide to spend the money. So, um, but, you know, there are kind of buckets that are allowable. So, you know, you're able to do infrastructure 
Um, so sewer water projects, road projects, um, you're able to do, um, you know, recognize the, um, you know, the first responders or your frontline workers um, with with some um, hazard pay. Um, people are calling it different things, but the ba basically the people that called that answered the call to be on the front lines during the COVID, you're, you're able to give them some kind of a additional benefit in terms of salary, um, you know, one time thing. Um, you know, then, then there's some economic development opportunities that are fairly broadly defined. Um, and so I do think it's an opportunity for cities and towns to think um, a little bit bigger, a little bit out of the box um, in terms of, okay, what do we, where would we like to be down the road? So, you know, be a little creative in terms of, you know, workforce development, um, you know, uh, retraining of, of, you know, your population to take the jobs that are going to be available, um, you know, here in the future, um, you know, really, really look down the road and, and, and have a vision of where you want to take your community. Um, so I, I and, and recognize the fact that also a lot of your smaller businesses, your, your main street businesses, whether it's restaurants or boutiques or what, you know, smaller businesses, the mom and pops, as they're kind of referred to, you know, they're still, they're still hurting um, and they're still, you know, they still need to get caught up on things like rent and inventory um, and, you know, loans are fine, but what they really need is they still need some, some grant help. They still need some dollars coming in to be able to get back up on their feet. So don't forget, don't think just because, you know, everyone's going to say, okay, the pandemic is lessening or everything's getting back to normal. They still have a long way to go. The small business has a long way to go to get back to whatever normal is. So I do think it's an opportunity to continue to help your small businesses there as well. But I think you'll see, you know, kind of a combination of a couple of things. I think you'll see a lot of infrastructure projects that, you know, either, um, you know, have not been able to be funded in the past just because of the demands on, on municipal budgets. Um, but, you know, maybe it's also an opportunity to expand some of your infrastructure, um, you know, into areas of your community that, uh, you know, need some help in terms of bringing those services into, into the community as well. So I think you'll see some, a lot of, a lot of infrastructure, um, which is great. It's good for the economy and obviously puts people to work as well. Um, but I, I do hope that the communities kind of take the opportunity to, to think, think big and have some real vision on where they want to take their community. Okay, good. All right, you're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. We're talking with Rick Sullivan. He's the president and CEO of the Western Mass Economic Development Council. Uh, we have a lot of things to talk about. One thing that you and I have talked about, I know the EDC is a regional uh, agency. Uh, Springfield is obviously the, the biggest community in our region and the economic driver in a lot of ways, if you will. What do You You and I have talked a lot about how uh, the city was uh, seeing a lot of momentum just before the pandemic. You know, we were actually... Uh, noting those those traffic jams and those days when you had to really watch when you were leaving downtown otherwise yeah. you could be trapped downtown for a long time um, where are we in terms of, of getting that momentum back and the city getting back to where it was before the and what's it going to take to get back to where it was before the pandemic because that was that was a pretty good state right there yeah and i think you and i commented that you know we were probably two of the few people that uh, really actually liked standing in uh, lines for lunch because that meant everybody was doing pretty well. So, Absolutely. Um, 
you know, so I think um, I think a lot of it um, has to do with obviously people coming back to work, that foot traffic. Um, you know, I think it also is, you know, the the restaurant sector and, you know, really, um, you know, this is a place where I do think the casino is very um, helpful to that foot traffic, um, you know, and everybody just, you know, coming back into the downtown in particular. And, you know, I know in Springfield, that also is a, is a big definition. It isn't just Main Street. You've got a lot of neighborhoods that have, you know, their own their own downtown. So, I mean, downtowns in general is, is getting people back in because I think people don't really necessarily always appreciate the fact that, you know, people that work in the towers come down and they have lunch or they buy their flowers or they you know, stop with their colleagues for uh, a, a drink on the way home or, or you know, grab that gift or whatever, you know, there's that that foot traffic that just really drives so much and in, in that momentum. And you were really, I think, really starting to see that right before, um, right before the pandemic really hit and things got shut down. So, you know, that isn't going to happen overnight. Again, there's just not going to be that switch that gets pulled. And, you know, you've also got the whole issue of, you know, some of the some of the businesses, um, you know, have gotten gotten pretty good at working from home or remotely. And so the workforce may not necessarily have to be, um, you know, at at a desk five days a week, like we've had traditionally thought about. And, you know, so, you know, the downtowns and, and the, the businesses will have to pivot a little bit in terms of what the mix of, um, you know, commercial retail, um, even housing, you know, so I do think it's an opportunity for, you know, that three-legged stool, if you will, and housing is an important part of that. And I think people, you know, appreciate the the, the urban downtown, you know, if there's quality housing that is um, on the market, um, I think it will fill up and that provides foot traffic um, as well. So um, I do think, you know, I do think, you know, Springfield in particular, they've got, um, you know, Tim Sheen and the mayor, you know, are certainly, you know, have a vision there in terms of, you know, that mix, if you will. Um, so housing and um, when those things start and you start to see, um, you know, more people living and, and then mm -hmm. working um, and then recreating downtown, that's, that's where you need that momentum. It needs to become that center. Right. I think that foot traffic, like you said, it's got to come one way or the other. It comes from the office, people being downtown. And if that's not going to come back, then we are definitely going to need uh, more people living in the downtown for that to happen. And maybe some of these uh, office buildings downtown need to be repurposed, uh, at least uh, to some extent. Uh, I don't know if you're going to see all those offices come back. Uh, either yeah, this year I mean, you know, you've got ever. Yeah, I mean, you've got the housing project there at, at Court Street that's, yep. uh, you know, on on the books and, and will move forward. And, you know, the city did just use some of its uh, ARPA money uh, to purchase the state and main um, properties as well as the Stockbridge Court, um, you know, with a vision there that, um, you know, more than likely is going to include some level of housing. Um, so I do think it's just a need. I think it's also an issue that, you know, certainly the Baker administration, you know, has been supporting in the need for more um, housing um, across across all markets, um, you know, market rate um, as well. So, you know, I think that that's, that's important. And it's, it's, you know, again, it's all part of that, you know, mix or three-legged stool, if you will, that needs to, needs to grow. And, and Springfield isn't any different there. Okay. A couple more quick ones. I know you and I had talked months ago about the potential for this region to 
gain some more opportunities on this pandemic in terms of people not having to live in those urban centers uh, to work for companies based in those urban centers anymore. I know we've seen some progress. I know Franklin County has seen a lot of movement in its housing market. The Berkshires, a lot of movement in their housing market. Uh, you know, professionals realizing that they can live in those areas and basically have a job anywhere in the world. Uh, are we starting to see any kind of real trickle down in that respect? Yeah, I mean, I think you are. I mean, um, you know, I don't, I don't know when the last time the housing market in Western Massachusetts was as hot as it is right now. Um, it has been, you know, for, for a while. Um, so you're, you're seeing real demand on, on, uh, on housing, on existing housing. Um, and so I do think that, you know, some of that is from out of the region, people coming in and, and it's, it all comes down to quality of life. And I mean, I think that that's one of the things that might be an, an upside to the pandemic is I think people were able to reassess what's important in their own lives, their families' lives, what's the kind of quality of life that they want and, you know, being stuck in, uh, you know, traffic for hours at a time to be able to get to work or be able to go out is is something that uh, a lot of people have decided, hey, you know what, I, I, I should be doing something more significant with my time than sitting in traffic. And, you know, mm-hmm. here in Western Mass, we've got a, a great quality of life and, and a relatively comparatively um, lower cost of living also a lower cost of doing business. Um, and so I do think you are you are seeing, um, you know, that trickle down, as you referred to it, um, in opportunities here um, in Western Mass to be able to, to, to hopefully to grow, because I do think, you know, um, you know, given the last census numbers, you know, we do need to grow. Um, and, you know, um, this is an, this is an opportunity here for, us. so we are, you know, we are, we are marketing on, on that. We are, that's part of the, uh, the elevator speech, if you will. Um, and sure. I, do, I do think you're, I do think you're, I do think you're seeing results there. Okay. Uh, one more quick one, uh, results wise, uh, this, uh, data project in Westfield is getting a lot of, of press lately. Uh, you can talk about it from a number of different perspectives from yep. the EDC, former mayor of Westfield. This is $2.7 billion. Uh, we've never seen anything quite like this. Uh, what are the next steps in this project and, and what's it going to take to get this over the finish line? So they are, the, the proponent is in front of um, the city permitting authority. So they're in front of the planning board and the, and the city council um, to move forward. And, and uh, you know, you and I have talked on this that, you know, this is really, um, we did not at the EDC, you know, help in any way with the um, site selection here, this kind of self-selected, if you will, because the company needed to be, you know, connected immediately to the to the grid, because um, it is a huge electric user. Um, and that happens to be right there at that site. And then they also needed connection to, um, you know, the uh, fiber and, and high-speed data and the line runs down the turnpike. So again, if you overlay the two biggest things that they needed, um, that site kind of self-selected itself. So, um, you know, I do think it's a real opportunity, um, you know, assuming full build out and let's be really clear, there's still a long way to go here. I, you know, we have all been, we've all been in these positions before where there's a, you know, project proposed and, you know, it, it goes down and everybody tries to make things happen. And for one reason or another, it doesn't happen. So until, until they start building it, um, I will not <laughs> consider it done. Um, so pretty, pretty cautious on those things. So we are far from the end, but um, you know, if they did the, do the full build out, you know, you are talking, you know, um, multi-billion dollar investment, you're talking 400 jobs that are, um, 
good jobs, you know, 85 to hundred thousand dollar a year jobs for the, for kind of the, the entry level, you know, that those, those are the jobs that when people in economic development talk about creating jobs, those are the ones you want to be creating. Um, right. You know, those are people that move into your communities um, and they will be doing it regionally. They'll be moving into the region, you know, um, living there, buying uh, houses, buying other products there, supporting charities there. So there's just a huge economic spin. It also, from a regional point of view, I think really can can put us a bit on the map because you can look across the country. And if there's one of these centers there, there tend to be more of those centers. It's kind of like everything else that everybody kind of follows the leader a bit. So mm-hmm. I do think it's an opportunity to play in, in the sector. Um, it also ties in um, with some, you know, cyber security and some big data that um, we, we have leaders here in, in Bay Path and University of Massachusetts in particular. Um, so I do think it's an opportunity for Western Mass to play um, in that larger sector, a sector that is only going to grow over time. I think every single day that, you know, we all, you know, fear a hack or read about a hack or, you know, whether it's our own personal accounts or certainly big business, um, you know, everybody's trying to stay, you know, two steps ahead of the bad guys. And, you know, that's not going to stop. And so I do think there's an opportunity in a really growing sector to become, um, you know, to become a leader. And we've already got some great um, you know, institutions leading that force and sp- specifically UMass and Bay Path, but, you know, we'll, we'll get there. So I think when you put it all together, it's a pretty attractive package for Western Massachusetts. Okay. Let's see if it comes to fruition. All right. We've uh, gone around the horn, if you will. I think we've covered all the bases and, and we're out of time. So I, I want to thank you for uh, coming on again, always informative, uh, hoping to, to bring our listeners up to date on everything that's going on in the region. So we'll have you back on soon. Uh, Again, good to have you. Thanks, George. Thanks for the opportunity. Have a great day. Okay. And thank you to all of you for listening. Uh, This has been another episode of Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local, sponsored this month by Bank ESB. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West Magazine. We'll see you next time. 